People who have surprisingly woken up admitted into hospital. What happened? I hopped into the back of a mate's pickup after a rugby game, went to sleep and woke up in ICU in traction with no feeling from my waist down. Turns out we had a head-on collision with a drunk driver and I went through the back of the cab picking up a host of broken body parts including four compressed vertebrae. A year and a number of surgeries later I walked out of hospital an inch shorter and with enough metal in me to set off metal detectors at airports. I was the lucky one. The other three guys in the truck never woke up afterwards. Twenty years and it still gets me. The accident happened in Zimbabwe, where I grew up. I've traveled a fair bit since then, but I'm now a bona fide Kiwi. I didn't find out about the others for a while. Aside from being zonked on pain meds, I don't think I was capable of understanding what had happened. Visitation was restricted in the ICU to my folks, but the day after I was moved out, most of the two senior teens and some of the staff pitched up to tell me the nasty truth. The tiny ward was crammed with big, burly, ugly guys crying their hearts out and I loved every one of them for it. Not sure where I was going with this, but I've ended up here. Here's a thought from an old guy with a messed up body who walks with a constant limp, has tried every legal and many non-legal relief options for the daily thrum of pain, who has had two decades of survivor's guilt, and who knows firsthand the debris that is left behind when someone is tragically and unceremoniously yanked from life, their family, and their friends. If you're not 100% in control, don't put the key in the ignition. Don't put yourself in harm's way, and don't risk messing up someone else's life. Call a cab, take a bus, walk, but for Christ's sake, don't drive. I think he covered everything that I felt like saying about this topic. 18-year-old me got super wasted on Smirnoff watermelon vodka at some little club in Clearwater, Florida. Apparently, I fell off a bar stool and busted my head. When I woke up, I wasn't even sure what state I was in. I accidentally called my friend's mom in North Dakota trying to get a ride to somewhere other than the hospital. A decade later, and I still can't drink anything with that watermelon flavor. I get that feeling. Not without official watermelon flavors. I I love that in sweets, in drinks, whatever. I absolutely love it. The actual fruit watermelon? Kind of mid, not gonna lie. But uh, I can't drink sours with a Z. It's a drink. I, I just It's disgusting to me now. I was 12 in 1982. Woke up in a hospital bed feeling fine. No idea what happened. Nobody else in the room. Last person I remember hanging out with was my friend, Scott. So I call his house. His mom answered. Advised me to call my parents. No answer at the home phone. So I'm sitting in this bed trying to figure out why I'm even here. I finally discover that the rolling table over the bed opens up and there's a mirror under the lid. Across my forehead and down the whole right side of my face are fresh abrasions. Oh... That's why. Finally, get a hold of Scott and learn the story, which I still don't remember. Was riding my bike down a sidewalk near the grade school. Sidewalk takes a 45-degree left turn, and I cut the corner. Grass is deep and a little wet, and my front wheel catches the edge of the sidewalk, flipping me over. I landed on my face, dragging against the other edge of the sidewalk, knocked out cold. Another neighborhood kid was in the area, hustled back to alert my parents. My dad took me to the hospital in his car, and I woke up the next day. Yes, my parents just left me in the hospital by myself. Waking up in hospital on your own as a kid would absolutely suck. I mean, I remember being admitted to hospital for, um, I won't go into it, but you know, it does suck. Hospitals just suck. Was at the pool. Next thing I know, I wake up in a hospital bed, feeling very cold and my throat hurts. Turns out I had actually drowned, but the lifeguard had pulled me out and reanimated me for about 45 minutes. 
Then I was flown to the hospital by helicopter where I lay in a coma for two days during which they kept my body temperature low to prevent cerebral damage caused by lack of oxygen. I could go home a week after the accident. The way they described the uh, lifeguard reanimating them, I'm picturing like a necromancer or something. (laughs) My brother and I were outside playing with squirt guns. This was 2001, so I would have been 11. Next thing I know, it's Easter Sunday. I was in a hospital bed with a massive headache and blurred vision, and the last thing I remembered was four days ago. Apparently, I fell backwards and smacked my dome on the curb hard enough to fracture my skull and bruise my brain. Got two weeks off school, which was cool back then, and I've had to wear glasses ever since. Apparently, according to my mom, the first sign of consciousness in the hospital was me getting out of bed, taking a whiz on the floor and then going going back to sleep for two more days. The whole thing was a weird experience. Being in hospital in general, especially when you're freaking 11 years old or something and all alone would suck. I understand why it would be a weird experience. I was running a half marathon with a friend and we had just passed the 10 mile mark and I felt like I was getting into a groove after I struggled a bit the previous few miles. Woke up the next day in the ICU with my family all around me. Heat stroke plus rhabdomyliosis. I was admitted with a temperature of 108.6 and they were telling my family to prepare for the worst. I had to stay in hospital for a few days and then take it easy for a few months, but otherwise came out unscathed. Don't recommend it. Rhabdomyliosis, often called rhabdo, is a serious medical condition that can be fatal or result in permanent disability. Rhabdo occurs when damaged muscle tissues release its proteins and electrolytes into the blood. These substances can damage the heart and kidneys and cause permanent disability or even death. And that's what rhabdomyliosis is. Woke up in the hospital with my roommate and her mom asleep in the chairs in the room. I started freaking out because I was seven months pregnant and my pregnant belly was obviously not pregnant. My screaming woke them up. My fiancé and I had been hit by a drunk driver, killing my fiancé and I lost the baby. I had been in a coma for three days. I have some really gnarly scars that my kids like to make up crazy stories about. My favorite being the time I fought off three knife-wielding psychotic carnies and murdered them with my bare hands. Well, you know what? I'm glad there was a semblance of a happy ending for this lady. I was 16 and hit by a Ford F-350. I am a tiny human, I'm under 5 foot, and this truck hit me going 40 miles per hour when I was in the crosswalk. The hit launched me across the entire intersection. I don't remember anything 20 minutes before until 10 days later. When I finally woke up, I had been in a coma for 5 days. Both my lungs had collapsed, I had 3 blood transfusions, a chest tube to drain the internal bleeding, 3 surgeries, and the whole left side of my body broken. I couldn't walk and my vision and memory had been damaged. It's been 6 years and I'm doing great now. You wouldn't even know anything happened to me except I have memory issues and arthritis. But I like to think I came out on top in this situation. I think they did as well. I was at a party with a friend in some college town. The street we were on had these three-story apartments built side by side. The whole street was partying, even on the roofs. We got separated and it was time to go. We don't live in that town. Anyways, I see an ambulance going down the street and I knew it was for my idiot roommate. So I followed the ambulance and sure enough, he was laying on the ground barely conscious. He tried to jump from one building to the next and didn't even come close. Luckily for him, his head broke the fall. A few weeks later, he finally asked, Oh yeah. Yeah, hey man, that night we went to Lawrence and I woke up in hospital. What happened? Yes, it was Lawrence, Kansas. I don't know the street. It was 2001 or 2002. Yes, he did have a concussion. He was fully unconscious for a couple minutes and everybody thought he was dead. They said he was laying there with his eyes open, unresponsive. It wasn't until someone dumped a bottle of water on him that he was roused into a semi-conscious state. Other than having chronic headaches for a month, he was fine. Glad everything worked out, but what a stupid prick.
Woke up in the hospital, too weak to press a PCA pump, being told I'd been in a catastrophic motorcycle accident. I'd suffered extensive injuries to my entire, except my left arm, spine, and head, thank the universe, body, and had been in a medically induced coma for five weeks. I lost any memory of the event or the week prior to it. I was hit by some unrepentant doucheburgers who were out on parole, repeat offenders, and decided it would be a great idea to assault a 7-Eleven clerk, rob the store, and lead the police in a 30-minute chase at excess speeds up to 100+. Their joyride ended when they went the wrong way on the freeway and took my on-ramp going 70 miles per hour against the traffic and slammed into me at a net speed of 120 miles per hour. I was going 50. We know all this from the police report. I never had a chance since the on-ramp sloped up, then back down to enter the freeway and I hit these guys at the crest of the hill. Never saw them. The impact sliced through their engine block so they ran on foot after that. The police recorded their statements after being followed by helicopter and being apprehended as what you arresting me for. They got nine and five years in a plea deal and I was notified when they were each let out after serving less than half the sentence. Please note they were 100% sober, knew they hit me, and they left me to die. I'm a generally compassionate person or at least I try to be, but I hope their lives are a living hell and that they live a long time. I hope they never get the chance to hurt someone again, but I fully expect that that's what they've done. For my own mental health, I'll never try to find out what's become of them. This was over 10 years ago and I have a good life now. Loving GF, a mortgage, a super smart border collie, everything I ever wanted. Although it's been a serious struggle. I didn't get any money except for 50k from the Victims of Violent Crimes Fund, plus, remarkably, their auto insurance. My medical bills were 3 million plus, but I was insured, thankfully, since I just started the job six months prior. I used that money in my hospital slash recovery time to get my MBA and have worked hard as hell to move up in my new career since I knew I had to change. I'm not very agile anymore. I'm still severely and permanently disabled. I'll never run again, nor have any real balance. I need a cane and lost the use of my dominant arm. But I'm lucky since I still have my faculties and look relatively normal. I don't own a motorcycle anymore and will never attempt to ride again. You need 100% of your physical faculties as well as mental to do it safely. I don't blame my motorcycle at all. I miss riding and probably wouldn't have fared much better in those speeds in a car. If you ride and are reading this, please make sure you buy the best safety gear and wear it every time. I'm only here today because I did and no amount of skill would have saved me from being in the exact wrong place at the exact wrong time. I was wearing a Nolan flip face helmet, $300 at the time. Thank you, Nolan, for your outstanding quality and commitment to safety. I still have the helmet, and it's scratched and cracked all the way through. That could have been my skull. I agree with your sentiment. Screw those guys, but I do believe you would have fared a lot better in a car. Wife, two-year-old son, and myself went to visit a couple of friends and the country. Had some food, had a couple of drinks myself, had an amazing time. Wife was sober. I was wrangling my young one back into his car seat to go home. He was so overtired and unhappy, but I made sure he was good and snug, and pulled out of the driveway after waving goodbye to our friends. I came to almost a month and a half later. I could barely move my legs and arms due to the neuropathy and fatigue. I had a feeding tube up my nose and a colostomy bag. The doctors told me that I had actually come to a couple days before while I was still in intensive care, but the nature of the anesthetic they had me on meant I kept kind of waking up, fading back, and forgetting everything. At this point, I was able to remember things normally. They told me right off the bat my son was fine, completely unharmed and in the care of a very old and dear friend with three kids of his own already. 
My wife was alive and relatively uninjured with the exception of some damage to her leg and a moderate brain injury that she would recover from slowly. They kept the details about the accident from me for a few weeks while I was recovering, but basically, my wife missed a stop sign in the middle of a dark, poorly marked country road and we got T-boned by an SUV. Other driver was fine. It's been over two years since the accident. I got the strength back to walk again, but because of pins, bolts, plates in my left ankle and shin, I'll never likely be able to run again. The neuropathy in my legs wore off and eventually wore off in my arms to the point where I can use them normally again, but it was a lot of therapy retraining them. Suffered PTSD about 10 months after by the time I was back at home. From time to time, I still have nightmares about something that I don't technically have the ability to remember. That is just downright scary. Smash cut to a month and a half later and you don't remember anything, but you're getting PTSD-driven nightmares about it. Not me, but my girlfriend's sister jumped out of a window Tuesday morning. She's schizophrenic, so there's other issues there besides just trying to self-delete. She's still sedated and hasn't woke up broken vertebrae and neck and lower back, but they don't think she's paralyzed. Slight bleeding on the brain that they're relatively sure didn't cause damage, busted ribs and torn up lungs they had to remove part of yesterday in surgery, some other broken bones, etc. They have her sedated slash unconscious to prevent her from moving due to the broken vertebrae. I wonder if she'll be disappointed when she wakes up later in the week. On the plus side, her parents are having a Cambodian guy come in to do an exorcism, so that's going to fix everything. Love her, but her parents are something else. Old school Vietnamese. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe this is just me, but I imagine she was exceedingly disappointed when she woke up. Snowshoeing. And by snowshoeing, I mean a short, slow trip on a relatively flat, groomed trail because I, in no way, represent an athlete. Finish the trip and am standing on the edge of a parking lot looking over Lake Tahoe from Echo Summit. Next to me, two guys are filming some sort of ski ad, I assume. One guy skis down the cliff, hits a mogul, does a somersault, and then somehow stops to climb back up and repeat. Guy two is filming. Skier guys may be covering about a football field distance over and over again. It's a cliff and he acts about like he's getting up during an ad to get a soda from the TV. Ski, mogul, flip, stop, up, repeat. I enjoy the view and muse on the comparison between my pathetic activity and this guy's and think, okay, time to go. I immediately fall on the ground and can hear my wrist snap as it's caught in the strap on my ski pole. Get up, walk painfully back to my car, a quarter mile, curse all the families driving erratically and allowing their children to careen around the snow play park. I'm a little grumpy with the pain, then realize I can't 
can't get my keys out of my pants pocket. Ask a woman who looks like a mum to help. She steps into that extremely uncomfortable, intimate distance and reaches her hand deep into my disgusting pocket and fishes out my keys. It was very awkward. I thank her profusely and to this day will bless her and wish that she and her descendants may people the earth. Drive to Barton Hospital for a temporary cast. Drive home. It's not easy driving with one arm and it's no doubt illegal, but I made it. I have another equally exciting story about a broken and dislocated shoulder from a bike ride. Doesn't exactly fit the criteria of this topic, but it was a nice shake-up, I suppose. I remember parts where the paramedics were taking me to the hospital in the ambulance, asking me about a 666 tattoo I had and something about how one of their sisters also attempted self-deletion. But I lost consciousness again before I could say I didn't remember even thinking about self-deletion. I woke up in the hospital and apparently I drank way too much and my dad found me unconscious. Everyone thought I tried to delete myself because I was alone, so it took a while before they just let me go without being taken to a psych ward. I was actually pretty depressed, and now I wonder if I was trying to die. I just feel bad about apparently throwing up on my cat before anyone found me. My dad said she was meowing next to me until someone came home. Not gonna lie, I almost lost it when they mentioned that they they threw up on their cat. But I also have to commend that cat for its level of loyalty. TLDR woke up from a coma with fungal pneumonia, spent about 76 days in CCU, had left lung removed. Hmm, I might have a story that fits in here. Happened about 3.5 years ago. I'd been kind of sick with the flu for a few weeks. Couldn't seem to shake it. I'd get a little better, then a bit worse. This was right before Christmas 2012. That year, Christmas Eve and Christmas was on a Monday and Tuesday. So I was just pushing myself to get to that sweet four-day weekend, thinking I'd just relax and that'd get me past it. So I rested hard all weekend, wasn't eating much, just stayed in the easy chair. The day after Christmas, I still wasn't feeling up for work. I was still at my folks' house for the holiday so my mom being my mom was all if you're too sick to work you're going to the doctor i didn't have insurance at the time so i hadn't been went to one of those urgent care places instead i was there for a little while don't remember much around this point i remember we left after a while then waking up in ccu about 12 to 14 days later turns out i have the beats now i hear from a lot of people that this is how they find out they are diabetic either very low blood sugar or you go into dka and get flu slash pneumonia. This is where my story takes a house-like turn. Most of the following info I got secondhand after the fact. When leaving the urgent care place, apparently my mother had been told to take me straight to the ER. She got me to the closest one and they took me right in. Didn't even wait on the paperwork. They knew right away about the DKA and pneumonia, but something else was wrong. They did MRIs, ran blood tests, checked for strokes, heart attack, about everything. Something was still off and they didn't know what. I went into respiratory failure that evening and they had to put me in a coma and on life support. They sent the blood to the labs. Now, in-house, they get results back in a few hours and try something else, then run another test and try something else. I'm not sure how accurate that is for most situations. In my case, they had determined there was an abnormal kind of infection in or in addition to the pneumonia. The culture had to grow for 10 days for them to see what was in my blood to make a solid diagnosis. So the data came back and the infectious disease doctors working on me spent several days poring over everything she could find to learn what it was. She found a picture in an old textbook 
notebook of a fungus called Rhizopus. Once they figured this out, they were able to find a medicine that could treat it. Though it'd be a 13-week course of intravenous treatment and it was highly toxic just for kicks. So they pulled me off the sedation after 10 days and it took me a few days to wake up. Apparently, they told my folks to start planning my funeral, so that's creepy. When I woke up, they started the treatments the next day. I wasn't out of the woods yet, though. After I woke, the pulmonary doctor did a brachioscope to see my lungs. She said they looked like they were full of pink fluff, like cotton candy or pink marshmallow fluff. That was on Wednesday, January 9th, 2013. She did another scope that Friday and said it looked less inflamed, so that was great news. And she said she'd do another on Monday. The weekend passes. She comes back and runs another. This time, when she put the tube in, apparently a sweet odor was released immediately. My mom says she said, Do you smell that? Something smells sweet. My right lung looked even better. My left lung, well, she said looked black and green and spiky. So that's a bad thing, I guess. The lung had begun to die. This is a part I remember for myself really clearly. I woke up from that procedure and the nurse told me to wait a moment and left the room. She came back with the pulmonary doctor, a surgeon, and my mom and dad. Oh gee, mom and dad have been crying but are smiling through it. That's not a good sign. The surgeon explained what they found and said we pretty much have two choices. We can do surgery and remove your left lung and you have about a 50-50 chance of surviving or we can keep you on the medicine and do everything else we can for you. Now, even being all doped up and half asleep, I knew that meant praying for a miracle and making me comfortable while I died. Now, I'm a Christian. I have faith in miracles and such but I also believe one of the greatest things we have as a species is a brilliant and curious mind that has led to such things as music, art, bacon, and medicine. So I'd be a fool, in my opinion, to ignore the advice and help of the fine doctors and nurses in front of me. And to be honest, I remember thinking to myself in that moment, hmm, I've never had a major surgery. It'll be interesting if I come through. So I wrote surgery on the little marker board I had since I couldn't speak. I had surgery the next morning where they removed my full left lung. Afterwards, I remained in CCU for a total of 76 days, 99 days total in the hospital. I still had to run the full 13-week course of that medicine. I had a lot of rehab and therapy for months after. A lot of it dealing with the extensive muscle atrophy in my legs and arms and pretty much everywhere. Three years later, I've much improved. I lost a bit of mobility in my feet, both from the atrophy and the diabetic neuropathy. My stamina isn't what it was, obviously, as my oxygen capacity is about 55% of what it was, we think. At rest, I still can hit about 95-97% to blood saturation, which is normal. At moderate to heavy activity, it drops pretty fast. Still working on improving that. Got a good job, got a girl. Overall, things are actually a lot better than it was before. Nothing like almost dying to spice up your life. I feel like I emphasized the fine doctors and nurses a bit too much. It made it sound like they're all kind of sexy. Like everyone else on here, I'm glad things mostly worked out and there was no loss of human life in these. I I can only imagine what it would be like to just wake up and it's like, oh damn, like what happened to me? It'd be very interesting, of course, but it'd be scary as hell. Actually, on that note, I do remember being in hospital, going under anesthetic, and then waking up like two days later or something. Of course, in comparison to a lot of people on here, that is absolutely nothing.